The Restless Midlifer Podcast. Get health, weight and life back on your terms. Hi, welcome to episode 75 of the Restless Midlifer Podcast. Now, today's not an interview. What I do have is a QA and a uh, session, really, because I have a number of questions that have been asked of me by clients and also by listeners as well. So thank you for, to those of you who sent them in. Um, so without further ado, let's dive in and uh, get straight to it. Now, the first one is around clean eating. And this is from a listener who has asked, really, what 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 is clean eating and what relevance is it to me in terms of um, weight loss or, or trying to be healthy? Now, here's where I, um, I'll give you my my opinion but I am going to flag that I will be asking. We've got Mark Telford coming back on the podcast in uh, a week or so, um, and I will ask him about that particular topic because, from my perspective, clean eating as a phrase seems to be used in uh, in all sorts of ways, in all sorts of context. And to be honest, I don't know what it means. And I don't know if there is one meaning. And to be honest, when you look at things like social media, um, um, blogs, that kind of thing. Um, there doesn't seem to be a consensus on what it is. And it's certainly, from what I can tell, not a phrase that's used in the literature, the research-based literature, the, 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 the better quality um, research-based literature that I, that I rely on. Um, so for that reason, I tend to step away from that phrase because of that not being in the literature, but also because it seems to be used in almost a semi, if not fully religious way that you've got to be clean in your eating. And there is that implication around it for some of the, the posts and some of the people that, are, that do talk about clean eating, that there is this need to be, you need to be clean. So this could, this could mean various different things, to be fair. Some it might mean you need to eat only organic, you need to eat your vegetables, your broccolis ha- had the chance to roam free on the, the meadows, that kind of stuff. And it's all about the, 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 uh, the way that whatever, the, the meats, the, the livestock, the, um, the, the plants, etc., have been grown or raised. Uh, others, it's about following a very specific rigid diet, um, whether it's um, you know, narrowing down to particular foods and a particular food group like meat is dirty or wrong or, or whatever. So for me, and, and the, there are other contexts where it might be used in a more, I guess, a more responsible way around actually it's tied into what is healthier food. We want, we want you know, less processed food. We would like to increase more vegetables. Um, you know, um, less watch the the energy content, etc., of some of the meats and the foods that you consume. That kind of thing. So for me, I, um, the word clean I step away from quite a lot. But as I say, I'll ask Mark because I know that um, he do, has does use that phrase from time to time. Um, but I'd be interested from somebody who I respect and know. You know, from a personal training background, a lot of experience and knowledge, what his take is on it. So that's my take on clean eating. Not sure if that's helpful. All I would say is you don't need, in my opinion, um, if we're following a sustainable long-term program, we don't need to worry about the phrase clean and am I eating clean? Because there are different ways to focus it. And it does depend on your goal. So if you step away from like a judgmental thing around clean. Okay, so thank you for that To um, I think it was uh, Stephen who uh, asked that question. So thanks, Stephen. Um, good one. Um, second one, which is, is another quick one, because um, again, I'm going to flag that I'm aiming to get some uh, at least one guest in to talk about this topic. But it is about uh, the topic of weight 
resistance training, weight training um, for uh, women. Now, obviously, I'm not a, a woman, so uh, you know I can only have a limited perspective on this. But that's why I'm going to ask somebody to come in uh, and and explore this. But the the question that relates around um, it, you know. I understand that I want to get fit and exercise. Um, I want to um, eat right, but I'm a bit worried that I hear resistance training, weight training is an important part even for women, um, but I'm a bit worried that I start to build muscles and, and start to uh, lose my femininity. Now, these are the words of the person who asked me this question. Um, now, my initial perspective, and this is based on asking questions of the likes of Mark and and um, other guests, Elaine Hudson, who is um, who was on a previous episode and has you know lost a lot of weight and is you know is into wild camping, wild, open water swimming, power um, strongman contests, that kind of thing. Now, uh, and by no means um, developing a, a physique that I think this person had in mind. Um, and so the views are that you can't accidentally grow big muscles you have to really really work hard at it really focus you and dedicate your life uh, and it has to become a almost a singular focus so in terms of for, from a, a female perspective the benefits and i'll step away from the perceptions because the benefits are growing some strength building strength toning up those muscles can be really really beneficial not only in in sort of you know longevity um strength and just confidence confidence in yourself but it has a knock-on benefits on your metabolism and and burning energy um, so that's as much as i'm going to say because as i say i think there is a there is um a misconception around what resistance training is and how it relates to uh women um i think it's being challenged and changed nicely and positively as as we go but i'm going to ask somebody uh I'm see if we can get a couple of guests on to talk about that in particular so um again I'm sold personally for me and for anybody that the benefits of building our strength doesn't necessarily mean muscle size. It means building our strength in terms of our joints and that and protecting ourselves from midlife and beyond because we do our muscles uh, percentage, if you like, declines, the, the, the muscle strength, if you like, declines without that training over the years, particularly in our 30s, 40s, 50s and onwards. So we do need to train it. Um, but as I say, I'm going to get somebody uh, who knows a lot more about that than me to talk about. Okay, so um, let me just have a quick look at my list of questions here. Um, okay, now this is a good one, burnout and managing weight loss. Now, this is um, from a client, and I think it's particularly relevant here because many of my, my client group, my own experiences with burnout, and um, from what I can gather just in conversations with a lot of people across a lot of different medium, that getting you know within in midlife part of that change and that shift in our perspective is we start to realize that a lot of years have passed and perhaps there's more years behind us than in front and that starts to get you to reframe but we also perhaps are experiencing an element of burnout and that might be mild to, to severe depending on where we're at but we've, we've worked hard to build a life to build a career a business whatever in a particular direction and we get to a point where we think is this it that coaching question that i always talk about but also to think well, i'm knackered <laughs> effectively technical term but i am I'm, I'm i'm exhausted and is this what it's going to continue to be so that burnout is something that seems to be um, a common thing uh, amongst us midlifers i guess so it's how do we manage that but also if we're recognizing that perhaps we put on some weight 
and we're trying to shift weird. How do we balance the two? Now, this would this is this again is a very individual um, conversation. I know with the client that particularly asked that we're talking we we were talking very specifically about their challenges um, around this and how do you manage energy levels when you want to do exercise when perhaps you know your energy slumps more noticeably at particular times of the day. Um, which leads you to feel like you don't have the more motivation and more tempted to to make the wrong choices in terms of get a takeaway or something like that when you're trying to stick to more sustainable day-to-day actions. Now, it's not about a rigid diet, but it is about trying to sort of embed some of those sprout-sized habits, as I call it, rituals, routines that can help move you in the right direction. And if that is something that you're trying to do, but you are juggling that, that feeling of exhaustion, that burnout um, experience, then that could be a, a challenge because um, we can often feel like I want to do so much more. I want to do more exercise. I want to get out there and do it, but I'm just feeling frazzled, worn out, whatever. And which wins out? And what is the best way forward? So for me, again, it's a very individual thing, but general rule of thumb is to step away potentially from the all or nothing. And I've talked about that in previous episodes, that thing of I'm embarking on a plan, so it has to be everything. I have to get everything right, my exercise right, my sleep right, my uh, eating right, all of those things. We step away from that because the the process of going all or nothing in itself can be quite stressful and add to the sense of strain, which then can add to the, the exhaustion and, and the burnout symptoms. The other thing is exercise in particular is another stressor. Now, I'm a big fan of it, but as my friend um, Duncan O'Brien, who's a personal trainer, once said, you know, um, if you haven't been to the gym or active for a long time, you've got to earn your way back to the gym. And that's a phrase that resonated. And I'll try and get Brian, um, uh, Duncan on the on the podcast in due course because uh, that would be a great conversation. But his point is that we that all or nothing is means we jump into some extreme exercises or what can be significant, even moderate exercise, from a cold start. And that's that all or nothing mentality that perhaps has contributed to the burnout. So what we need to do is separate the two out, but recognize that they so inter- interplay with each other. So if we are embarking, and this is some of the thoughts and, and reflections that we exchange with uh, my client as well around this, is to recognize that there are a number of levers in terms of weight loss, and I'm going to do something more specific around that. The number of levers in terms of weight loss relate to energy in versus energy out. So energy out, the lever is activity, movement, and exercise. Energy in is the the three levers are around what we consume, the dietary side of things. But I'll park that for now. The energy out lever is something that if we're experiencing burnout, is something that we need to be careful with how much we pull on that lever, how much or how extreme the activity is. So my general guide is if we're starting on a plan and you are wrestling with that, um, wrestling is probably the wrong word, you're experiencing burnout, is to take a step back to reflect and to prioritize. So the first thing is we need to start to tackle the burnout, the energy side of things. Now, we can get a lot of benefit from movement and activity, but very low level and in smaller doses, perhaps, maybe going for walks, um, but keeping it to a, 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 an amount that, that doesn't burn you out, that doesn't add to the problem. But a bit of fresh air and a bit of outside can be really refreshing and it gets you moving, which is what your body wants to do. So we need to be really lower level initially and just gradually, ever so gradually build up, but tackle the burnout. So we can still look at things like how you eat, but again, not go extreme because diet to the extreme, which is something that I'm, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that that's not the approach that I recommend at all. But Diet to the extreme, it's a stressor in itself. We've evolved to um, 
to respond when food uh, intake is reduced or sources and opportunities for food is reduced. We've res- uh, uh, evolved to treat that as a stressor, a long-term chronic stressor, even if in times of famine, if you go back to cave people days. But for, so for now, what we might need to do is just pull on those levers very lightly and make some small changes. So what one meal could you tackle and improve? What, um, and, and, and change, what, um, what one rule, perhaps no snacking um, at work or in a particular time or save a treat till the end of the day. Little small rules that don't necessarily turn your life upside down whilst you get on with the job of looking at the burnout. And the burnout is around taking stock of what, what are the causes so there's the causes around, is it work-related, is it relationship-related, is, is it a worry, is it a stressor, is it that kind of thing, and how do we deal with that? So that's the stress side, and that's, I guess, time for um, previous podcasts I'm sure I've talked about, um, and I might dedicate some some further time on that, because that stress is we need to get to the underlying causes, perhaps make some decisions, communicate with people, um, and, and start to, to deal with that, look at our psychology and how we're responding to things, but the other side is building our energy back up. So it's about looking at our things like sleep, uh, sleep quality. And I have done podcast episodes on, on sleep in, in the past. And if you check out um, the website, you'll find there's some resources there and some links to uh, my sleep program, which is a seven-day program to help you improve sleep. And that's free. And the point of that is to give you some tips and tools, but also a, a 40, 40, 45-minute daily relaxation practice to help you go to sleep. Now, it's not intended to be a permanent replacement. It's just to introduce you to the idea of relaxation practices as part of your pre z time routine, as I call it. But Tackling sleep isn't about getting perfect. It's about making some small improvements. That can have a real effect on that. But if you have experience, if you're experiencing burnout, the thing is it's not a quick fix. It can take a long time. It can take weeks, months even, to start to feel that sense of, you know, not completely exhausted all of the time. Then breaks during your day. How do you break up your day? Breaking up your day more than you think you need. Breaking up your activities more than you think you can. Your concentration levels, you may be good, and this is particularly relevant for my client is that they're very good once they get to work they're in it and they can focus and concentrate for long periods the benefit of that is they can produce a lot in a short time the downside of that is by the end of it they're absolutely wasted so we have to balance that out so maybe step back and build in some artificial in their case some some perhaps seemingly inconvenient time times hard stops and breaks to allow you to change up the activity to rest relax take some time to reflect, go for a walk, whatever. Even a nap in an afternoon, if that's possible, as long as your sleep is okay, uh, that can be useful. So so it's a long way around, and it is a, it is a, a fine balance, if you like, between the two, and very individual. But the general rules of thumb are, let's deal with the burnout and respect it. Let's deal with the underlying causes and perhaps make some decisions, manage stress, stress management techniques, relaxation. Let's build in some breaks and some downtime and also look at sleep. The other side is, by all means, let's start getting on with the process of reclaiming our health and that managing that weight down. But let's not pull so heavily on the levers involved in that because that can be an additional stressor. So I hope that one's uh, useful in terms of... Um, food for thought again. Um, so th- thank you for that, um, my client. I, I can't name them, but um, it, it was a really useful exercise in going through that. And I think it's useful to share as well if you are experiencing uh, burnout uh, or just feelings. And in terms of what is burnout, that's a, probably a conversation for a whole episode. But if you're feeling like after a night's sleep, you're waking up and you're still tired, you've not fully rested, you're finding that you're getting through the day and it's grinding at you. You you are just you're almost on that automatic pilot where you're just not always present. You're feeling a bit, perhaps even at the more extreme, detached 
from your work, detached emotionally can be more extreme, um, but just exhaustion, tiredness, and not feeling like you're really recharging the battery to any length of time, or that your battery isn't holding its charge when you do have a sleep. So by all means, drop me a line, dave at restlessmidlife.com if you have any thoughts or questions around that, because I'd be interested to know whether that's a topic worthy of a, a podcast episode in itself. And perhaps I can uh, also speak to somebody who uh, we can bounce off around that uh, um, topic as well. I'm delighted to announce the imminent launch of the Midlife Reshape Academy. This is a low time and cost commitment membership option for those of you who want to embark on your own midlife reshape with the support of a program, supporting resources and courses, Q&A support from me, and the chance to be part of the Restless Midlife community of like-minded people sharing similar goals and ambitions. So if you're feeling like your health has drifted, you're not in the shape you want to be, and want to get back to feeling more comfortable in your own skin, then hop over to midliferishape.com forward slash academy to find out more and join the pre-launch waitlist where you'll be kept up to date with launch details, what's in store and to take advantage of founder member discounts. That's midlifereshape.com forward slash academy. Okay, so next question. Let's have a look. A client question, but one that I think comes up quite regularly and it's around having a bad week. So I've had a bad week. Um, I'm on, I'm on, I'm sweating sprouts, Dave. I'm trying to embed those small sprout size habits. I'm, I am trying to keep them down, you know, to a, to a, a manageable way, um, a manageable level. But with the best will in the world, life happened. I had this happen. I was like, you know, I had a really stressful time and a bit of conflict at work. And I uh, dipped into um, a, a takeaway on, uh, not takeaway, like a, a McDonald's or something, I think it was, on the way back from work. And um, and then had a few beers and, and you know a late night, which led into a bit of a spiral over the next few days because I was tired the next day. That kind of thing. What do I do now? You might recognise that I've certainly I've certainly had those uh, those days and weeks. And um, I think this is where I think it's it's important to. Firstly, I always say this, and I've said this so many times when I used to run the the stress sessions: is give yourself permission to be human permission to be human because you're a physical, emotional, psychological creature. And as such, the day-to-day demands, challenges, the unexpected things, the the, the mundane uh, grind as well, will play its part in things, which is why I'm always about, let's make whatever plan you have life-proof. It's For me, it's all well and good having some fancy plan that's extreme, that you are motivated to do, that you can manage for a week, but then life gets in it doesn't work it isn't sustainable for me it's about let's start with the off and let's get real life will happen whatever you set out even the sprout size plans my one three um my uh cabbage license uh, cabbage slice and sprout plan my uh, one three nine plan even that as much as we try to keep it manageable it's going to take a battering from time to time so permission to be human. Let's recognize that that that's that and then th- there's two things because one of the things I I think is that if we are have that setback or that falling off the wagon, it is very easy to let it spiral out uh, in addiction. And it's not a di- we're not talking addiction here, but I like the, the phrase: a lapse doesn't have to become a relapse. And I think it's a similar for, for where we're at here because we can fall, we can lapse, but it's what we do then that can dictate whether it becomes a relapse. We start to spin off out into the old behaviours. And the key thing with that, I found is the the way we treat ourselves when we have the lapse because the lapses will happen. Yes, we try to work on just embedding those sprout size habits and, and learning our lessons from them so that we make them make them as robust as we can, but we will have lapses. Life will happen. But what do we do 
in order to avoid a relapse. And the first thing, permission to be human. The second thing is to, to be kind to ourselves, to catch that voice that says, oh, see, told you so, another failure, I knew you wouldn't do it. You know, the voice that, but whatever it is, this is my kind of voice, I guess, that comes up and saying, who are you to think you could have anyway? Just, just forget it, man. It's a waste of time or you're useless, no matter how you are to try. Whatever those voices are, they are the culprits in my estimation of what can spin you back off into relapse, I guess, into falling back up and giving up on a plan. So the first thing is to permission to be human and then to start that, to catch yourself in the act of that, that negative voice, that voice that, that, um, that is there, is there for perhaps the best will of it. It has the best of intentions to try and protect you from, you know, the hurt of failure, I guess is what it's trying to do, but is very cruel, very critical and gets loud and hurtful park it, catch it and, and thank it and move it on, do what you need to do, but get back to the, what I call the regroup. The regroup is that place of acknowledge the emotion, acknowledge the voice, but let's get back. Okay, right. Let's take 10 minutes out here. What, what's happened here? Right, okay, it was a crappy day where I had to deal with such and such and I always seem to have bother with them. Whatever the, whatever the story is, let's just catch it. Okay, let's get back on. And a couple of little things that I think can be really useful is... There's a longer term way of learning what the triggers are and seeing if we can be proactive in that. But what I like to talk about is deal with each day in day-sized units. Deal with your meals in meal-sized units and treat it as that. So one, one slip, one bad meal, for want of a better phrase, one treat that you shouldn't have had. I'm using should in air quotes here. Those things do not necessarily mean a relapse. They're just what happens. Let's treat, rather than thinking, right, that's it. The all or nothing mindset kicks in, right? I'm useless, I'm a failure. Let's go back to treat it as a day size unit and a meal size unit. Okay, that meal wasn't great. What's the next one? And here's the thing, because the next meal, we don't overcompensate in terms of health, because what that can do is lead to that swing, that wild swing between not so good and good and, and, and what have you. We just go back to what we were doing in the next meal. And if the next meal is, if that's kind of, you know, you still need to get your head right then the next day. Treat it in day size units. And I think that could be a really useful way. And that combined, that approach can help you get back on track. Coupled with, and this is why I think the plan, if you can keep it to the sprout size habits, actions, and rituals and routines, it's not the mountain of effort that the all or nothing plans um, often require. So I don't know about you, if you ever tried an all or nothing plan uh, and gone out and I've had you know, great successes at times, but once you're off, it spins out, you lose it, and the thought of getting back on it, climbing back up that mountain, I just can't face it. And I think that's where we might even experience what I like to think of as dietary burnout. We experience our burnout with diets. I just can't handle it. Um, so if we deal with a smaller plan, we've then got the sprout size habits to go back to, which are smaller, more palatable, more manageable. Okay, so where am I at? Right, okay, this is what I'm trying to achieve. This is my long-term vision. This is my short-term goal. So for me, long-term vision is be fitter at 66 than, than I was at 45 when Rosie was born. Short-term vision is Operation D move. Uh, get back to, well, what does that mean? It means eat, move, sleep, eat, move, rest. So eat, let's see, look at the actions. Where can I make some changes? And they're small, sprout-sized actions that cumulatively together work together. And that's the beauty of having a, a plan, but also the plan that isn't, that is capable of being flexible, but not rigid and also not overwhelming. So I hope that answers the question. Um, and, or at least if you have that question yourself, how do you approach it? It's permission to be human. 
catch yourself with that self-recrimination and start to be more compassionate with yourself. Acknowledge it and park it and then get back to, okay, day size and meal size units. I, I slipped then, what can I get back to? When can I get back to it? Next meal, tomorrow, and do it that way. So hopefully that's, uh, that answers the question. Okay, so next one. Um, okay. Got a week of travel and want to enjoy um, enjoy it, but not also but also not undermine my process as it's early days. Now this is a good one um, because again it goes back to that all or nothing thing. The all or nothing, the all or nothing approach is right. I've got the plan and I will carve life around the plan. Now that's not sustainable for most of us because what happens is life happens, as I've said before. And in this case, um, another client qu a question. Um, travel was coming and it wasn't just travel as in work well it was work related travel but it was also meeting up with colleagues friends and inevitably there was going to be socializing there was going to be buffet style lunches during meetings there was going to be grabbing this that and the other and there was going to be evening meals and drinks on a night so if you've just started on a plan in the all or nothing mindset your options become very very limited as in stuff it i'll just go and i'll be like a monk and i'll be rigid What's the chances of surviving that or what, what's going to be the, the cost to you in order to hold your will like steel through that or don't go, which again has its consequences. So for me, the more flexible approach, the sprout sweater approach, that, that longer term approach is, okay, reality. This is how do we make this life proof? How do we make the plan fit around the um the things that are going to happen because this is a learning process because it's early days this is one thing there's going to be others there'll be christmas there'll be holidays there'll be other meetings there'll be unexpected this that and the others how do i use this as a bit of a learning process so anyway that that aside is is, is the learning that we get from it helps us get better at the future but the approach that i suggested here is and that we discussed is okay so it's about six days away six days of travel um being away and that unpredictable socializing etc so let's look at the plan so a month in um doing okay doing kind of on course but i know that this is going to have an impact okay so let's not take the the micro view of each of the um weekly wins etc let's lengthen it out and look at the average over the month um and look at how we can both prepare for that week by sticking to some of those sprout-sized habits, rituals, routines, um, maybe add a little bit of exercise in to add a little bit more, or, or walking to just add in that uh, energy deficit so that we can prepare for it. Look at what we can do afterwards to then average it out. Don't weigh yourself directly after you come back because, and that, that is a call, you know, I'm not being rigid about it, but we, we what I did with the client was agree that perhaps that would, the, the effect of seeing what weight went on would have had more damaging effect than motivational effect. So leave it another week and let's see what we can do in the week after. And during the week, look for opportunities. So don't be rigid. We want to enjoy them. We want to enjoy yourself. We want to enjoy the, the socializing and what have you. But what opportunities do you have during the week? And this is where I we, we pulled on a couple of it or talked about pulling on a couple of levers on the um, energy in side in terms of diet. So the, the, the levers are um, you can sort of, if you talk about energy in, energy out balance, how do I reduce the energy in or moderate the energy in, in particular over this time, using the levers of perhaps time restricted, uh, calorie restriction, monitoring calories, or uh, dietary restriction, eliminating a particular or, or not 
consuming a particular type of food or a particular thing, whether it's sugar or carb or whatever. I mean, there's lots of different variations. I'm not necessarily recommending any, but it's about what is likely to work and support you the most in your time away. And what we discussed was perhaps a bit of a blend that perhaps the time restriction could be useful because it might mean I could extend my fast overnight, the breakfast, the breakfast, to a little bit later and even skip it and count it as lunch. And that might moderate things. The lunch, work on lunches where possible, maybe three out, four out of the three, four out of the, sorry, three out of the six or four out of the six being a little bit more healthy where possible, taking people off and proactively saying, let's go off and find something healthy. And then allowing, so that time restriction coupled with a bit of calorie restriction, the healthier choices, coupled with perhaps exchanging a couple of things where you might then say, right, rather than beer, I'll have a, I'll have a, a spirit. Um, and this is not me endorsing this. This is a discussion that I've had with, with the client around what would work. Now, this is not necessarily going to work for everybody, but it's about being flexible. And this is the point about the planning and the thinking ahead. You have a number of levers to pull. Rather than expecting to rigidly stick to something, let's change it up. Let's move. Well, the time restriction um, is something I could use there because naturally I might just, you know, I might skip breakfast and it, it'll work for me because I'm going to be straight into things and be busy, occupied, etc. That'll work. So what would work in that situation that perhaps might not work back in the, the, homes, the, the home situation? And all we're talking about is mitigating it without suppressing that, that enjoyment, but also without necessarily overly undoing the work that we've done. But being real, there's going to be a there's going to be a, a uh, an impact of that few days but that's life we're playing the longer game and treating it as the longer game so again this is a conversation i think it's useful just to, to sort of see in terms of thinking around it that it takes a bit of thought but it's not about being rigid it's not about beating ourselves or, or even being defeatist and thinking oh well it's a write-off the, the week's coming up as a write-off what could you do that could just help it be a little bit less a little bit healthier than perhaps it would have been if you weren't on this journey and uh, have a think about that if, if that's something for you. And uh, again, drop me your line, Dave, at Restless Midlife, if you have any uh, thoughts or questions around that. Okay, so I hope that's been useful in terms of uh, a few questions and answers. Um, please, if you have any questions about this episode or any other questions around whether it's regaining health, um, getting life back on terms, losing weight, that kind of thing, some of the challenges and experiences, then drop me a line at dave at restlessmidlifer.com. Uh, I'd love to have them, and I'll hopefully do a, a Q&A session uh, in, in a month or so or two months' time. Um, but I hope that's been useful food for thought. Let me know what you, what you particularly found useful, um, and uh, we'll catch you next week with an interview. Take care. Thank you for listening. You'll find all show notes, links and resources mentioned at midlifereshape.com forward slash podcast. And it would mean so much if you could spread the word to your fellow restless midlifers. Share the show and links. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the show in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing. If you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting midlifereshape.com forward slash review. It would mean so much, and I may even give you a shout-out in return. And a quick final thanks to production assistant Karen North of North BA and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers at musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget, you really can reshape your midlife health and rekindle that spirit of adventure. <laughs>